0: welcome to another episode of the unreasonable art of living podcast i'm your host gerhard molin this time from helsinki again as always enjoy the music beautiful intro music by creamy business um welcome back to episode number 11 yes first of all, first and foremost most importantly i hope you're doing fine wherever you are right now and yeah you're amazing <laughs> so thank you for joining me what a week what two weeks yeah back in helsinki arrived two three days ago no wait a second five days ago <laughs> so happy to be back and um yeah episode 10 was a big success it was a beautiful little ma- celebration and so happy to have had this celebration with gabriel uh if you haven't listened to it yet check it out beautiful interview he's currently on tour in um, the whole august shooting his documentary offshore <laughs> hey everybody Garrett from the future <laughs> i li- noticed this little mistake it is not offshore.tour It is offshoe.tour or the website off-shoe.com. I will repeat this mistake in a few seconds again, but just (laughs) replace it with offshoe.tour. That's the Instagram, correct Instagram handle. All right, everybody. Uh, Thank you for listening so far. (laughs) and Enjoy the rest of the episode. And yeah, they walk barefoot from the Alps to the sea. Amazing. And you can follow their actually activities on Instagram. You just have to go to offshore.tour. You can find them there. And actually, Gabriel sent me a message, an audio message a few days ago, thanking me uh, for the episode. And it was so heartwarming because um, he said, like, you know, the people reached out to him and, you know, encouraged him and gave, them, gave, him, some, gave him so much positive feedback, especially also from people he hasn't heard from in a while. And I told him, um, you know, I'm actually thankful for him joining me and that I was able to interview him because, you know, it actually it takes so much courage to allow the, the outer world, or like you know, to share one's inner world, your one's raw thoughts and emotions with the wider world so he has my deepest respect and um i just applause him and yeah i can't wait to see what amazing stuff he will continue be doing and for this world and for the people yeah so if you haven't check it out and actually now that we have 11 episodes including this one i would like to hear from you mighty listeners what has been your favorite episode so far and why you can send it to me on Instagram at avocadohuman, human written with h o o m a n, or send me an email to howtounreasonable at Yeah, so tell me what's your what was your favorite episode so far and why. And I also received continued received uh, yeah it's, it's like no week where I don't receive humbling and heartwarming feedback. So thank you so so much. Um, you are amazing without you my dear listeners this podcast would be only you know 10 percent <laughs> and uh, yeah thank you for all the ratings for sharing it and if you want to continue supporting the podcast i would be amazing to if you could to give it a five-star rating on spotify on apple Podcasts, so more pe- so more people can actually uh, see it, and it would be it will be shared automatically by by the algorithms and yeah, thank you. I'm just speechless to be honest, really speechless thank you so much and I actually realized I forgot <laughs> to share my Lumi ins the last three episodes, <laughs> but there was a reason actually two for two episodes of the reason one episode I just forgot, but the two I guess episodes um I had to record them in the same week and because I do my Lumi check once a week, so it would have been quite, uh, yeah, not as authentic because I would have to share the same things twice or I would have to do two ch- three Lumi check-ins in one week and it just didn't feel natural to me. Um, yeah, because for me, I just do it once a week and that's enough. And in episode nine, I, <laughs> I simply forgot, so I apologize. <laughs> and this week's uh, Lumi check-in, Um, So, I mean, I did it, I still, I did it every Sunday, but I just forgot to share, but this week's check-in, my Lumi score is 3.87, it's actually higher than last week's score, which was a 3.55, and I can talk much more about it in a few weeks, much more openly. Um, For the reasons why I can't talk as openly, uh, you will see in a few weeks, there will be quite a big announcement. And this week's high was definitely friends, and you will see it reflecting my green lights I wrote down I was a five and there were lots of other fives actually but my lowest point was career this week it was a two could have been better it was my first full week back in action um, there was a lot to do and especially after coming back from a leave from holiday it's always like it takes it's quite a lot if there's like uh, you come back and uh, you have to take in all the stuff you have missed and then there's deadlines and um, you know things you have to deliver that's okay you know like I I love the work itself but I think what really hit me hard was like this there's so much positives to remote work but the big negative and we really has been affecting me quite a bit the last weeks and I realized actually it's a big thing for me is not being able to When you're struggling with something, have this sense of, okay, I can reach out to someone and we can just really brainstorm and as like someone, you know, think as a team and solve problems collaboratively. That's how I operate. I I love to work on problems in a collaborative uh, sense and, you know, work as a team. And, you know, like when when you have the, the people you work with in a different time zone, which is like eight hours apart. You have, during the day, maybe two hours max where you can catch up and have meetings and brainstorm a bit. And this week was heavy because there was a lot of things to do and everyone was very busy. And I felt very alone, lonely during the day because there was a big problem. I was bashing my head against the wall and it was like, you know, there was just no one available to ask to. And it was like, I had to wait for the next day and uh, you kind of like end the day in high anxiety. And then you don't sleep well, and then you have the next day where you have a few minutes, and of course you have to be cautious about everyone's time because it's their end of the day, so they're tired as well. And yeah, it just showed me like what I've what I really appreciate in in work, to be honest, like having like uh, this sense of okay, I'm in a team and we can work things through together. Luckily, on Friday morning, uh, I was talking to a colleague and he gave me a very good tip, and the issue was solved within. 30 minutes, but I was thinking, like, wow, you know, if only this could have been solved days before during the day, it could have saved a lot of troubles, personal troubles, and a lot of stress, unnecessary stress, to be honest. So there's definitely low light this week. But getting back to the green lights, yeah, being back in Helsinki, um, seeing my friend Niklas, we work together on our project Lumi. It's a hard project, of course, and we always go to Audi. It's a beautiful, beautiful library in Helsinki. And yeah, it's just these moments where we can sit next to each other. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful energy. You know, we just sit next to each other. We code, we do our things. Sometimes we crack a stupid joke. Then we have a short break and we talk, have very beautiful conversations. We brainstorm, we talk to each other. When we have a problem, we just talk about it even though the other person doesn't really know what's happening because we do work on very different aspects of the, the code base but this is kind of like the, the beautiful energy it reminded me what I really appreciate in working and then of course seeing a lot of my close friends here in Helsinki playing frisbee golf going for beautiful walks in Helsinki enjoying the sunsets here in Helsinki they're just so different I think I shared a picture on Instagram it's like the sunsets here are yeah, this is like beautiful, eerie, crazy colors—deep, fiery red, and almost like like wow, it's beautiful. So, always a pleasure to be back in Helsinki. All right, so this was my intro, so to say. This week's episode topic is gonna be a continuation from episode nine about my experience with ayahuasca, and but this time it's about the science behind it, and the reason is actually quite beautiful. But before we get into this, I want I picked out a very beautiful, uh, simple Zen story. It's about discovering your true worth and how important it is to be surrounded by the right people and the right environment. And without further ado, enjoy it.
1: One day, a young monk approached a Zen master and asked, "Master, what is the greatest value in my life?" The Zen master replied, "Go to the back garden, pick up a large stone." And take it to the market to sell. If someone asks for the price, don't speak, just show two fingers. If they bargain with you, don't sell it, bring it back, and I'll tell you the greatest value in your life." The next morning the young monk took the stone to the market. A housewife came by and asked, how much is the stone? The monk showed two fingers, and the housewife said, two dollars? The monk shook his head, and the housewife said, twenty dollars? All right, I'll use it to press pickled vegetables. The young monk thought, someone is willing to pay $20 for a worthless stone. There are so many stones in our mountain. The young monk didn't sell the stone and happily went back to the master. Master, a housewife was willing to pay $20 for my stone. Can you tell me the greatest value in my life now? The Zen master said, take the stone to the museum tomorrow. If someone asks the price, show two fingers again. If they bargain, don't sell it, bring it back and we'll talk." The next morning at the museum, a crowd gathered, wondering about the stone's value. One person offered $2,000 for the stone, saying they would use it to carve a statue. The young monk was astonished but followed the master's instruction to bring the stone back. "'Master, someone offered $2,000 for the stone today. Can you tell me the greatest value in my life now?' The Zen master laughed and said, Take the stone to an antique shop tomorrow, and if someone bargains, bring it back. I'll tell you your life's greatest value. The next day, at the antique shop, people were curious about the stone. One person offered $20,000. The monk was shocked, and the person increased the offer to $200,000. The young monk took the stone back to the master, excited about their potential fortune. Master, today someone offered $200,000 for our stone. Can you tell me the greatest value in my life now? The Zen master lovingly said, My child, your life's value is like this stone. If you place yourself in a vegetable market, you're worth $20. If you place yourself in a museum, you're worth $2,000. If you place yourself in an antique shop, you're worth $200,000. Different platforms and positions bring different values to your life. Life is full of possibilities and we all have the power to shape our own journey. Like the young monk and his stone, we must remember that our worth is not set in stone, but can change depending on where we stand and the choices we make. Sometimes, we get stuck in places that don't truly value our potential. It's important to step back and ask ourselves if we are in the right place, surrounded by the right people. Are we allowing ourselves to shine, or are we hidden in the shadows of self-doubt and fear? We each hold a unique gift, A talent or a passion that deserves to be nurtured and shared with the world. But to truly find our worth, we must first believe in ourselves. We can't expect others to see our value if we don't recognize it in our own hearts. So take a moment to reflect on your life. Where are you now, and where do you want to be? Are you taking steps towards your dreams, or are you holding back due to fear or uncertainty? Remember, it's never too late to make a change and pursue your true calling for when you believe in your own worth and follow your heart the world becomes a canvas for your dreams your life is a precious gift and your worth is not determined by others but by your own actions and the choices you make choose wisely believe in yourself and your life will become a beautiful masterpiece this is take the
0: wow amazing um i will share the full video <clears throat> in the show notes it's by take the leap motivation uh, they have beautiful sense stories and yeah, for me, why I found this so interesting, I had to reflect on <clears throat> I had to reflect on the last 12 years. And I think, for example, if I hadn't experienced Finland, for example, I would have never discovered the side of entrepreneurship within me. I would have never ex- discovered uh, the side of a software engineer within me, and even podcaster most likely because I actually started podcasting when I was in Helsinki and it really for me there's so much truth in where you are especially where you are I mean with whom you are it's also very important like what I think it's not so much about like that you like need to pick hey you know these people are good or bad no it's not about that it's about like what's environments and what people allow you to really express yourself without being judged and to really allow yourself and give you the freedom to look into who you really are and find out what's your gift and passion and and talent. I think this is what uh, I find it so inspiring and I think yeah, I will definitely talk about my experience in Finland. There's like so much that I, for me, Finland was actually a very spiritual journey without being part of any spiritual community. It's just the country itself and the people I've met and the things I've experienced. I'll yeah, definitely talk more about it. And um, this is a perfect segue for, there's going to be a very, <clears throat> how to say, big announcement on September 12th. I made some big decisions in the last week, one and a half weeks, and I want to share with them, you with them on September 12th. And for me, it's something to continue assessing if I'm on my heart path, so to say. And how Lumi, again, has showed me, helped me to really reflect and kept on showing me, okay, maybe there's something I need to look into. And am I acting Based on fear or what I'm afraid of. And yeah, it's gonna be some hmm, big decision and, and embracing the jump into the deep border of uncertainty. And I'm, I'm very excited, to be honest. And I thought about something funny this time. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure it's funny, but I'm quite excited. Childlike excitement. So if you can guess, or the best guess. From you. So I will announce my some big decisions or changes for autumn, winter onwards on September 12th. And if you can guess what Lumi category it affects, and if you can also guess why and what's next, then the best guess will win one of the two books either Ikigai, Simple Secrets to a Long and Happy Life, or the book. The courage to be disliked, or if the two amazing guests, guess guesses, yeah, <laughs> guesses, <laughs> then of course I will give away both books. So send me your guess on Instagram at avocadohuman or send me an email to howtounreasonable at There's one thing though. Very close friends of mine know it already. I need to exclude them from this um price or yeah i think some of them i only told him part of it yeah well anyways everyone is welcome (laughs) just send me the guesses (laughs) and uh yeah it's gonna be exciting so some things i can share with you already and one thing has to do about uh, the ayahuasca ceremony and today is also going to be the science behind ayahuasca and the reason why i want to talk about the science of ayahuasca has to do with my mother we yeah when i was in vienna i shared with her my the complete Ayaska experience all of it and me and my mom we share a beautiful friendship i'm so happy about it very grateful she's now 70 years old and we're sitting in a beautiful coffee place in vienna and you know, what i love about her she has like this humbling childlike curiosity and you can you know when you talk with her and share things she's really just she's someone who can just listen and it's so rare in nowadays to find people who can really know how to listen it's actually one of the superpowers i would say and as i was telling more bo- about the crazy, you know some things about the ayaska ceremony i did not share in the previous in an episode nine because i think just out of respect for all the participants but i told her the complete story and she was like all right all right you know like Asking more and then asking very interesting questions. And then she said, like, so where can you do that? I was like, Well, I was thinking about going to Peru maybe in October to uh, visit the shaman and his wife. Not to take another ceremony, just like to learn more about their culture, to live with them in a the community and travel Peru. And she said, like, Oh, interesting. Um, I might want to join. And, you know, my mom is going through also, a bit of a transformation in her life uh, big changes big what is acknowledgements that oh wow there's things she maybe has been lying to herself for many years and then she told me something very powerful she said you know i'm not quite sure if i really know who i am and you know i feel like i would like to find out what's hidden deep inside of myself and i was like wow mom that's a powerful question and a powerful thing to say you're 70 years old and you dare to ask that question who i who am i actually really and what's hidden or what's buried deep inside of myself at that age to have the courage to face those things whatever is in there and yeah wow she called me next day actually she said like hey Let's go to Peru. <laughs> so, I will be traveling to Peru on October 9th until October thirty first with my mom. We're gonna visit the community uh, where the shaman and his wife live are living. We're gonna go a lot of go beautiful hikes. Um, yeah, there's so. Uh, I just checked out the the nature and, and the hiking trails, the, the sacred valleys, and the food. It's gonna be amazing. So yeah. It's gonna happen. There's gonna be some travels in September as well. I will announce it next time. But um, yeah, my next big travel is gonna be with my mom to Peru. It's gonna be exciting. And then, because she's a medical doctor now, of course retired, and I found it so fascinating. Then she did some you know research and sent me like all these science articles, looking at the you know what's happening when you take ayahuasca the risks, of course, the benefits and what happens to your brain. I was like, wow, mom, this is so fascinating. Thank you for sharing. And I read them all, or most of them. And I thought like, I think I would like to talk about this and share also the science behind ayahuasca because of course there's this risk that um, when people listen to other people taking psychedelics, I mean, it's a drug in the end. It's a plant medicine, but it's a psychedelic it's like, oh yeah, you know, like you might get triggered, or you think like, ah, oh, it's just like you know, a hippie thing to do, and it's just people tripping. And but yeah, ayahuasca is definitely not a recreational drug. There's so much culture and tradition behind it. It's um, in Peru. It's actually an official medicine, plant medicine, and it's culturally acknowledged by the government it's a deep with deep traditions and i think we have one of the things she shared with me like an article about yeah it's again it's a very western way of thinking that you know it's just the plant medicine it will solve all the problems in your life it will expand your mind and you will come up with the next silicon valley billion dollar idea you know these are all the things and and then unfortunately there's like the greed there's like a lot of non-authentic um, ayahuasca ceremonies at a very high price. And then there's a risk, of course, for people have bad experiences. And I think this is the sad thing. And that's why I wanted to actually look into the science behind ayahuasca and share with you more solid grounds. And I think, if, and I give you an understanding, like, you know, it's so important that we, I think both worlds, that we, that we acknowledge both worlds, the ancient worlds and wisdoms, traditions, combined with the science and understanding where each where each side's limitations are because there are limitations to each side but we need to embrace both of them to have a really holistic view on such medicine and the first article I actually wanted to discuss I will sh- oh, by the way I will share all of the science articles I discussed in this episode in my show notes so you can take a look um, there's actually one yeah, one is a doctoral thesis by Stefan Smolle from the Medical University of Graz. It's effects and risks of the use of ayahuasca, and it's in German. Um, but uh, it's yeah. Nowadays you can Google translate it somehow. <laughs> and he looked actually yeah the effects and the risks, and I think the effects we don't have to look into that much. I think I yeah I think it's quite obvious. It's hallucinations, it's emotional um, experiences, it's, yeah, actually at that point I would need to point out from my experience, it's really difficult to talk about the actual experience because during a ceremony there were eight participants and everyone had such a different experience, so unique to their lives and their situation at the moment. But when they, what um, Stefan Smoller also looked into, the risks of use of my, uh, ayahuasca, and he looked into, the, he did a revi- literature review, and um, for example, like when we talk about, is ayahuasca the, addic- the potential to be addictive? And there's a wide, widely common understanding that ayahuasca is no threat to be an addictive sub- substance. <laughs> Actually, quite the contrary. It's like, because it doesn't really... Um, Trigger the the pleasure, the pleasure center of our brain. Um, like for example, cocaine or uh, what else is out there? I don't know. MDMA and ecstasy or nicotine, for example, it, it doesn't really make you addicted in a sense like the other drugs because it doesn't really like trigger this dopamine um, pleasure-seeking center, pleasure and remote center in your brain, and also. <laughs> t- I believe me. After and now, you ask your ceremony. You actually because it's so intense. You're like, Phew, I'm not sure <laughs> if I want to do this again. It's like, it's just also exhausting. It's just like okay, it's not something you do on a couch and with a friend. And you just no, definitely not. There's so much respect behind it, and this comes to the um, potential of being lethal. And again, uh, in historical thesis, there was no. On, based on the literary research he has done there was no direct evidence for a direct relationship um, that led to death there were a few cases reported in the United States already that's for me uh, how to say <laughs> if how do, yeah there were, no, there were no directly linked reported cases where people died because of ayahuasca and The few cases reported in the United States were actually often there were other drugs involved and patients had already had a history of mental disorders or they were in a very not best situated setting. And this is, I think, another keyword. With ayahuasca, the setting and being guided by professionals is the most important thing of all of it. And if I can just think of in the United States, like... I can only imagine that there were no proper guides or like settings. Maybe even people did it at home or they did it at a retreat where, you know, the people there didn't really understand the true lineage of ayahuasca and the medicine behind it. And also like the danger of uh, having a psychosis or mental disorders. Again, there were no evidence, evidence so far of a direct relationship Or very rarely, and the same cases um, that were reported, if you again, there were always other drugs involved, especially um, cannabis, which is uh, can always lead. There's a high, there is actually a potential to lead to psychosis just by cannabis itself if you smoke it too much. And this said. The risk is even higher if you have already a preposition for mental disorders ongoing or you have in your family strong prepositions for mental disorders. If those two things are in place, then there is a chance for psychosis. But it's not due to ayahuasca itself. And again, if you are actually participating in an ayahuasca retreat or ceremony, um, you are getting screened before you're being asked those questions and if you take any medicine what's your uh condition right now and if you have you know if you tell them that you're taking drugs right now or you have this mental disorder like you wouldn't be allowed to take part period if you are taking a professional taking part in a professional ceremony <laughs> and then i was looking at uh, so in the same uh doctoral thesis by Steffen Smaller. He linked to... There are actually multiple, but I also picked out one to share. I read all of them. And uh, there was one research study. I will also looked at the, the shortcomings of the study, of course. There was one short, uh, interesting um, research paper called Antidepressant Effects of a Single-Dose Ayahuasca in Patients with Recurrent Depression. Um it was yeah, quite fascinating. So the study aimed to evaluate the effects of a single dose of ayahuasca on six volunteers with current depressive modes. And the method was that the study was an open-label trial conducted in an inpatient psychiatric unit, so in a safe setting. And the results were quite significant. So... Um, They they measured a significant reduction in depressive scores uh, on a baseline between 1, 7, and 21 days after the Ayahuasca administration. And the scales they used for measure this included the Hamilton Rating Scale of Depression, the Montgomery Asperg Depression Rating Scale, and the Anxious Depression Subscale of the Brief Psychiatric Rating Scale. And uh, also to mention the study found that ayahuasca does not induce episodes of mania and hypomania in patients with mood disorders. And what they found out is ayahuasca has a fast-acting anxiolytic and antidepressant effect in patients with depressive disorder. So, of course, the shortcomings, what you if you're actually quite uh, interested, in is a very low, um, how to say, uh, there were just six volunteers, but there were actually other studies in the same doctoral thesis with more participants. And what they kind of like discussed in this paper that, it yeah, Ayahuasca showed a significant reduction, uh, acute reduction in antidepressive effects. And it was well tolerated by all patients with mild and short-lived psychoactive effects. And... Uh, what does it say just reading <laughs> as we go <laughs> yeah also the study suggests and that's very important the study suggests the importance of considering the influences of set so the psychological state and setting the environment and the effect how does actually work together so set and settings are super important so that's a, it's you know like where do we take place how do the um, guides facilitate the whole environment do you feel safe do you feel Is the music, is there like, do the people know what to do if someone has a bad trip? It's so important to have all this in fact. Of course, the study has limitations. It's a small sample size and there was no control group. But there are actually um, more research papers with a bit of a bigger sample size and a control group as well. And they were very interesting um, results. Uh, So, wow, one of the interesting research papers I found out and then another one, actually I found really cool, <clears throat> was actually what actually is happening to you during an ayahuasca trip in your brain. And there I found this research paper called Rebus and the Anarchic Brain Toward a Unified Model of the Brain Action of Psychedelics. And they used ayahuasca for that but referenced, kind of like came to the conclusion as other psychedelics as well. And to understand the phrase anarchic brain in, in this context is kind of like referring to the chaotic and non standard patterns of brain activity seen under the influence of ayahuasca or other psychedelics. And that's really cool. So I think definitely check out the research paper. You can also see very interesting fMRI image, image scans of what is actually happening. And for example, one of the things that happens with, uh, when you take ayahuasca is your neural it affects your neural connectivity. So one of the most commonly observed effects of psychedelics, including ayahuasca, is the increased connectivity between different brain regions. So normally there are parts of the brain that normally don't communicate to each other or have very limited communication, start talking to each other. And this leads to novel thoughts, sensations, perceptions, and it really like, breaks boundaries, It's quite crazy. Like It's kind of like all the the brain regions are starting to communicate to each other and brainstorm and kind of give you newer ways of looking at things and breaking up old things. So this is something called hyperconnectivity or anarchic. And it also like... The second thing they observe is is the default mode network disruption. And the default mode network is... um, is a network of brain regions that is active when, for example, an individual is at rest and not focused on the outside world. And this is involved in self-referential thoughts and daydreaming. And psychedelics like Ayahuasca appear to decrease this activity uh, of this default mode network. And this disruption can lead to a dissolution of the ego and common experience where individuals lose the sense of a personal self. And it feels and kind of like it increases this feeling of connecting to something larger and experience a state of oneness with the universe. And this is fascinating because, like, when you talk to people who have done psychedelics, they kind of like keep sharing the same experience this feeling that we are connected to this universe as a whole, that there's no I and ego, there's just like this one connection. And this is beautiful. It's more like a feeling, um, like, you, you can describe it conceptually, but. It's almost hard, without really having felt it. And another thing is like um, ayahuasca leads to emotional releases and catharsis. Then this means it can lead to intense emotional experiences. It can bring up past traumas and repressed memories, or intense feeling of love, fear, and joy. And this emotional purging, so cleaning, is often very therapeutic, and this can lead to very insig- significant insights of healing uh, regard to the past. So, because iOS can really like deactivate this default mode network and allow all networks kind of like, to communicate with each other, especially also like with the limbic part of the brain, this old old part cell where maybe deep emotions memories are stored. Ayahuasca like, really breaks breaks them free and releases these emotions that are just stuck, and you not you're not even aware of them that they're down there, and also you're not even aware of that how these old memories and unresolved emotional blockages within you are is or has been affecting your behavior and thinking, and Ayahuasca gives you an opportunity to kind of like unblock them, experience them, and release them. And this can be beautiful, but it can also be tough. So it's not always a joyful journey. I can tell you that. <laughs> but it's but healing is not always about joy. It's, uh, there's pain involved sometimes, or quite often. And what else do we find out? It's a, it's a beautiful paper, by the way. Um, yeah. Another thing is like they about brain plasticity. So some research suggests that psychedelics, especially ayahuasca might promote neuroplasticity, so the brain's ability to form and reorganize synaptic connections. And this could potentially play a role in the long-term therapeutic effects observed, uh, like, for example, like mentioned the elevation of depression or PTSD symptoms. And, yeah, at this point, it's a really important to say, like, we, I think we're such an early stage of really understanding the long-term effects of ayahuasca i think there are some preliminary studies that look promising and of course the limitations is that in most countries it's still illegal so it's hard to actually conduct such research in a bigger scale but um, knowing from personal experience and you know just on the research papers we have at the moment it looks quite interesting and i say it's so important to combine both worlds the ancient world the wisdoms the traditions What people have been doing for thousands of years and practicing and combining it with our amazing ability to understand and validate things through science and the scientific method, through observation, experimentation, and validation. Uh, Only then we can really have a powerful understanding of this world. And it's important to never go either way only. It's always both. It's the yin and yang. It's you know. Black and white, it's all of it. Darkness and light. There's no reference that one of them is dark and one of light. Just saying we need both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, this is a I will again, I will share all of it the the papers in the show notes. I'm just checking, reading uh what else I wrote there. Yeah, I think uh I think this is there was one article my mom also shared with me <clears throat> behind the risk and there was one personal experience where a woman didn't yeah she had a bad experience where she was part of took part in a retreat and of course uh vomiting is part of an ayahuasca experience and she didn't feel comfortable she didn't have she didn't have to puke, and she left kind of like the place where they were the ceremony took place and went back to her room alone. And When I read that I was like wow okay this is a clear sign that she was not part she didn't take part in a ceremony with professionals because in our ceremony our guides our shaman and his wife they set very clear rules what to expect and what we can do and should not do. And one of the things they clearly said like we should we had, of course we had to when we have to go to the toilet we have to go we can go out and go to the toilet in the woods but we have to come back because only they can only really help us and guide us through this journey when they can see us and know what we're doing. Because if we are out there alone, like they can't help us. And this is, I think this is one of the aspects why we all felt so safe. They tell, told us exactly what we can expect, what the rules are and how they can best help us and guide us through a journey. And I think this is so important, a bit, um, I see, like, with all this hype around psychedelics, that there's a lot of greed as well, where people see opportunities to make a lot of money with by just like, hey, we have this, we offer these retreats with psychedelics and or ayahuasca or magic mushrooms, and but with disrespecting the ancient lineage of where these psychedelics come from, by disrespecting the ancient lineage of shaman shamanism, their medicine their techniques, their methods, their cultural values. So I think it's so important to emphasize that um, because I have deepest respect for them. Knowing how they have been guiding us, witnessing how they have been, yeah, what they do and what shamisen really means. And hey, yeah, coming to an end to an already. So my personal thoughts of all of this um, behind the science and reading what actually happens in your brain, for me, I always uh, try, like to compare it. Uh, what happens in your such an experience? Think about a snow slope, or like think, imagine a mountain with uh, untouched, an untouched mountain full of snow, and you climb up this mountain and you start skiing down, and you of course find a route that you like, and then you keep, keep keep choosing the same slope over and over in time. And after a while, this slope becomes like this proper, like really like manifested slope from the top of the mountain down to the root. And the same thing I want is about behavior and thinking patterns. At some point we come to this life and we try things out and we can just get used to doing the things over and over and over again. And we're just used to do the same thing or thinking the same thing that it becomes hard to change it's hard to kind of like start a new snow slope and what psychedelics do they give you an opportunity to wipe the mountain clean and reset it and allow you to choose a new snow slope to get down to the uh, from the bo- top to the bottom and allow you to f- see and think about the world in different ways which maybe you know haven't thought about before and to be honest now, reading about what happens in your brain, um, you know, it doesn't need to be plant medicine or psychoactive substance substances. To be honest, the same thing happens with meditation. The same thing happens with breath work. You can reach similar effects in terms of activating the chaotic system or deactivating the default mode network uh, Default mode network in your brain. The only difference is with meditation and breath work it takes time and it, it's a commitment. It's a beautiful commitment, I must say, but you can reach it in the same way. And I know it. Um, I've been meditating for many, many years and I know there's so much more to learn and about myself, but it's a commitment I really enjoy doing. So yes, those plant medicines are powerful. They really give you a sledgehammer, so to say, to release deep internal trauma and to help you grow and heal and think about the world in a different world. But it's not a must. I can tell you that. There are many ways to reach the same effect without plant medicine. And I think it's very important to say and highlight. It's not something like, oh, it's the ultimate thing to do and it will change your world, the life for the better. No, it's not like that. Because in the end of the day, it's all about you. It's all about you that drives change, that decides to change, and that's what also told they told us in this in the ceremony. You know, the ceremony is just thirty percent. The real transformation is happens in your real life. That's the seventy percent. And I think I mentioned in episode nine that's the ceremony of life. And looking at the past weeks, I can so underline that it's very difficult and dangerous to kind of like get stuck with this ceremony experience and just like always keep going back there. Um, because yeah, it's just one part. You have to now make decisions in your life. You have to make tough decisions in your life. You have to transform in your life. And that's a, it's not just a weekend. It takes months, maybe years and it takes energy and your full feel willpower to change if you really want to, because everyone can change. (laughs) wow um we're coming to an end um of episode 11 i hope you enjoyed it it's gonna be my last part about the ayahuasca ceremony i'm gonna finish it here and leave it with that it was a beautiful experience maybe we'll mention it and um but it was important for me to also look at the science behind it and not just yeah leave it at as a like a Maybe perceived as like this hippie ceremony where you take plant medicine no it's there's more to it, and the science there's actually researchers looking at it as well it's something to take very seriously and it's not a fun drug it's not something you just do at home on the couch and it also like for me actually the most important thing is to really have a respect for this culture and tradition in Peru really that's think that's the most you know I would feel so sad if people have bad experiences because that they joined to retreat a ceremony which was conducted by people who were not from this tradition tradition and from not from the lineage. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Uh all right. This was it episode 11. I hope you enjoyed it and as I said there's going to be a big announcement of September. 12th and i invite you to take part in a little game so to say if you can guess what lumi category it affects and if you can also guess what will change why or like what i will do next um, the best guess or the funniest guess guess will win a book one of the books either icky guy simple secrets to long and happy life or the book the courage to be disliked you will get a hard copy or a kindle edition or ebook edition and without yeah this is it i hope you enjoyed the episode and i hope to see hear you (laughs) i hope you tune in next week again for more have a wonderful day wherever you are right now thank you so much for listening you're amazing